Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, hey everybody, welcome to all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here. Back to school week uh, last week. How many, how many enjoyed that, students? That's what I thought. Um, it's okay. Only, uh, only nine more months. Um, hey, glad you're here. Uh, I want to echo uh, the loop just for a second. Good Leaders Conference coming up September the 8th. Uh, if you are an entrepreneur, if you own your own business, you are a leader in your business, uh, you want to be, this is going to be a great four hours, 10 to 2, September the 8th, lunch is provided. Brad Lominick, who was the CEO and president of Catalyst, uh, the conferences that they put on and so forth, uh, he's going to be our, our keynote speaker, and we'll have other things going on as well. That's September the 8th. There's a QR code if you want to just uh, scan that real quick. Uh, we'd love to have you. Um, it's going to be right here at Frisco East Campus for all leaders. If you have partners you want to invite, anybody, just scan the code, and, and we'd love to have you. Uh, along with that, on August 25th, um, College Collective, which is our 18 to 24-year-olds, we're having a night called Collective Matters. And it's going to be a TED Talk type of format where we deal with some issues that, that, that all of us deal with, but that generation specifically, isolation, loneliness, uh, direction in life, those kinds of things, August the 25th, 7 o'clock, right here at the Frisco East Campus. So all of our campuses, if you're 18 to 24, 25, uh, we'd love to have you in that age range for that night, August the 25th, right here at the Frisco East Campus. All right, so uh, today I start a brand new series for the next six weeks. This is the longest series we've done of the year, and I'm excited about it. Um, it's called The Life You've Always Wanted. Now, I'm gonna talk more about that title in just a minute. <clears throat> I borrowed that from a book in the 90s. But uh, I, I think that if you were to ask yourself or if you were to just think for a minute what would be the biggest question of life? Okay, so I want you to think in terms of your life, no matter what age you are, no matter what season, no matter if you follow the Lord, follow Jesus or not follow Jesus, believe or not believe, I want you to just think for a second, what would be the greatest question or the most common question about your life? Okay, so I Googled that. Uh, in a variety of ways, biggest question of life, or the, the question most asked uh, by ourselves, you know, stuff like that. So I read a ton of articles on this, came across one by Darius Faro, who wrote uh, this article called 20 Questions to Improve Your Self-Awareness. Great stuff. I want to give you the, the, the 20 things real quick. I'm just going to read through them. What am I good at? What am I so-so at? What am I bad at? What makes me tired? What is the most important thing in my life? Who are the most important people in my life? How much sleep do I need? What stresses me out? What relaxes me? What's my definition of success? What type of worker am I? How do I want others to see me? What makes me sad? What makes me happy? What makes me angry, traffic? What type of person? Do How many are with me in that, right? It's getting out of hand. It's getting out of hand, right? Okay, so... Uh, what type of person do I want to be? What type of friend do I want to be? What do I think about myself? What things do I value in life? What makes me afraid? Okay, so all of these things, great questions, right? 
I mean, I'm not making fun of any of this. And I read article after article, most of them pertaining to attitude, self-esteem, positivity, uh, slow down, not so much in a hurry. Um, Some of those kinds of things, all were good. Christian or or unchristian or secular or spiritual, read a, a ton of stuff. I was surprised at the one word that I was looking for when I Googled. So when I sat down and typed in biggest question of life or whatever, I was predetermined in my mind what was going to come up, okay? I just knew it. I was looking for one word, and I was surprised that this one word did not come up. Now, I'm not saying I did every Google search, so if you go on Google and you say, here it is, you liar, I didn't do every one of them, read every one of them, but the ones that I did come across, not one of them mentioned this word. And I was blown away. I was like, wow. Now, they got around it a little bit, but as I think about this series and the life you've always wanted, and, and we think about our lives, many of us have looked back on our lives, and it's not what we thought it would be. We, we look back on some of the, the, the valleys, the challenges. We look back at some of the decisions that were made by us or by maybe somebody for us. And, and we look at where we are today, and we just never thought that, and I never thought I'd be here. I thought it would be different, which means I thought it would be better. Now, maybe that's not you. Maybe you're thinking, man, I'm good. I don't need this series. Yes, you do. Okay, so you need to come, come back. But the, the, the question is this. If I'm thinking of the life you've always wanted, biggest question of life, that is, for me, why am I here? What is my purpose? Purpose was the word I was looking for. Like, like, why am I here? Why do I have this personality? Why do I have these gifts? Some of you are musical. Some of you are talented in academics. I mean, you just blow your mind smart. Some of you are are great at taking apart things and constructing and, you know, all those things. So we all have different gifts. Why are you here? What is your purpose in life? And are you, and, and am I, living my purpose? The question, um, the life I've always wanted if you really think about it, it could come across as a selfish question. The life I've always wanted. Because many of us, if, you were, if, if I were just to start this, you know, this talk with, with hey, um, what do you want? If I, if I could give you, if you had three wishes from a little genie in the bottle, what would you wish for? And many of us would have a money. Money, I just want money. That would solve a lot of things. And, and can I just tell you, the, the money's not evil. How I many you know that? You're right. You, money's not evil. It's not wrong to have money. It's good. Money's good. Loving money is a problem, but money's not a problem. So many of us would say, you know, whatever. We would say, I want, you know, this or that or whatever. Now, it depends on, as a Christ follower, it depends on this question. Is the life that you want a Jesus-surrendered, a Jesus-centered life or a self-decided life? Those are two different things. So 
A self-decided life is, I'm going to decide where I go to college. I'm going to decide who I'm going to marry. I'm going to decide where I'm going to live and what I'm going to do. I'm going to decide, fill in the blank. A Jesus-surrendered or Jesus-centered life is, God, I want what you want. You are the creator. You have, you have knitted me together in my mother's womb, and you have given me gifts. I want to do, I want to be, I, I want to go where you want me to go. I want to be what you want me, who you want me to be. I want to do what you want me to do. So if we think of it in, in these terms, a Jesus surrender, well, that, that, that question is not a selfish question. If we think of it in, in a self-decided kind of life, then it would be a selfish question because many of us would, would respond in a selfish way. I want this, I want this, I want this. And, and God's not even in the picture. John 10, 10, here's what Jesus said about purpose. The enemy's purpose, the thief's purpose, is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose, so in other words, Jesus has a purpose for our lives, is to give them, give us a rich and satisfying life. Now, many of us are like, yep, I'll take rich and I'll take satisfying. I love it. Okay, that's not the context. Spiritually speaking, I'm gonna give them a spiritually rich, and that carries over into our lives because everything is spiritual. Everything we are is spiritual and satisfying. Paul, um, the NLT first edition, New Living Translation first edition, I think came out in 96 or 97. I started reading that, and that's what I use most of the time. It's, I have the second edition now because they came out with a new edition, but the first edition, Philippians chapter three, verse 12 I put this on, I have two journals. I have a, they're both leather. One of them's small one that's a spiritual formation journal and then one of them's like a work journal. Like ideas, um, you know, notes that I need for, for whatever. And on both of those journals on the outside, this scripture is there, Philippians 3.12. I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. I keep working toward that day so if this is our heart, then the life I've always wanted is going to line up, is going to be in tune with God's purpose. If I am saying everything I have, it's yours. I wanna go, I wanna be, I wanna do whatever you want. Then the life I've always wanted, many of us, listen, if we were honest, I think we would say, John, I don't know where it happened necessarily, but I don't know that I'm really living God's purpose for my life. I've settled. So, so then we kind of think thoughts of like, well, it's too late. I've already messed it up, so whatever. I want you to stay with me. <clears throat> In this series, I want, to I want us to talk about the life that we've always wanted. If our heart and if our, I'm gonna assume Okay, so I'm gonna assume that we want to live God's purpose. In fact, it's part of our mission here at Hope, inviting everyone to find Jesus and helping them move to the center of God's what? That's not a trick question, it's right there. Purpose, right? It's the center of God's purpose for our lives. It's a part of who we are as a church. 
We want to invite everyone we know to find Jesus, to follow Jesus, and then you take steps, and we take steps to live right in the center of God's purpose for our life. So the question then would be, how do I find God's purpose? Now, that's a good question. Because if, if you're like me, when I was in high school, this was the biggest question for me. I was, I was a Christ follower. I loved the Lord. Um, and so the biggest question was, God, what is your will for my life? What do you want for my life? <clears throat> How do we find, and, and there were many times in which it felt like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It was like this elusive, hidden, secret place. Like you have to have a treasure map to find God's will. Like, it, like it's so, you, know, you gotta be so in tune and you've gotta be so super spiritual to ever find God's will and most of us miss it so we're all messed up. Uh, guys, the Bible is clear, clear that his will, his purpose is really pretty easy. It's really pretty easy. So, this whole series, we're gonna be in Romans chapter 12 and we're gonna be in two verses. Let me read those two verses and then we're gonna talk about them. Romans 12, one and two. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. In other words, our lives, our, we give our lives, our, we, everything we are, who, who, what, what he's what we have inside, all of our gifts, everything we are, everything we do, everything we have, I give it to you. <clears throat> this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Listen to this. Then you will learn to know, not wonder, not guess, not go on some treasure hunt, then you will learn to know God's will for you, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If for some reason in your life you have missed this, it's not too late. Maybe you're sitting there thinking right now, okay, yeah, if I would have heard this before, I would never have married that person. Look straight ahead. Look straight ahead. <laughs> You're thinking in your mind, you're like, man, I would, have ne I would not have done, whatever. Okay, so just stay with me. Stay with me. God's will, his purpose, isn't hard to find, but there is a path. There is a way in which we learn to know. So that path, guys, super, super Simple. So let's start with that. The path to knowing God's purpose. The path to God's purpose. I'm going to start with number one. And, and here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to give you the point, and then we're going to go backwards in the text. Okay, so here's number one. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Now, let me go back to the scripture and read it backwards, because here's what I want to do in this series. I'm starting with verse two, the last part, and again, I'm assuming that you and I want to live God's purpose, that we, we want to learn to know God's good, pleasing, and perfect. I'm going to assume, maybe you don't, 
Now, you could give a rip about that. Okay, that's okay. Just listen. Hear what, I, what we're talking about, and maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll kind of agree with something. So I want to start with going backwards in this scripture. This is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You will learn to know God's will for, I've, I've, I've rearranged it, okay, but it's the same verse. You will learn to know God's will for you. That's the key. That's what we're here for, which is good and pleasing and perfect. When we stop copying the behaviors and customs of this world, this is the pathway. We stop copying the behavior and customs of this world and by allowing God to transform us into you into a new person by changing the way you think. Okay, so here's a pathway. Now let me go back to number one. Okay, so here's number one. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. That's from the text. I didn't make it up. I'm not that smart. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Now, that's a big statement. What does this mean? Okay, so when I think of in the context of Romans 12, 1 and 2, look up in the, in the verses, chapter 11, chapter 10, chapter 9. Paul is dealing with Israel. He's talking about Israel and their calling and, and the disobedience, but yet they're still called and they're, they're God's purpose for them. And then he goes into Romans 12, 1, and he says, hey, guys, in view of all God's done for us, Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, paid for our sin, forgiveness, we are completely justified, righteous in his sight because of what Jesus did. Because of what he's done, the least that we can do is offer up our bodies. Now, we wanna know, we wanna learn God's perfect, good, perfect, and pleasing will. The way that we do that is really, the pathway is right in the text. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. As it pertains to purpose, I'm not saying this, con this text is only related to purpose, but because of the, the verse two, especially because then we will learn to know God's will, his purpose for our lives. I'm gonna use purpose as the, 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 the foundation for what we are gonna talk about in, in, in the realm of behaviors and customs. So as it relates to purpose, here is the normal way that we relate to purpose. Let me just throw them on the screen. Selfishness, whatever makes me happy. That's a normal way of living. Now, okay, so would you agree? Many of us, you know, and by the way, you don't, you don't have to not, so just because you don't follow Jesus doesn't mean you're selfish. That's not what I'm saying, or any of these. But the general rule of thumb for the world system and the way that the world works is it's all about me. Whatever makes me happy. As it relates to purpose, whatever makes me happy, that leads us to greed, more, more, more. I want more. And we, again, all of it, believers, we, we fall into these traps. Greed, it's never enough. We want the next thing. And I, man, I deal with this. We all deal with this. I've got to have, once you get, you get a new thing, right, and you think, oh, man, this is awesome. Or, or maybe you're thinking, man, if I just had that one thing, if I just got that new car, if I just got that new house, if I got that next bike, let's, let's leave bikes out of it. That's, God wants us to have good bikes. But let's, I got to have that new thing, right? And you get that new thing. You ever had that new thing? And about after a month, you're just like, I need a, and especially with, with phones, iPhones, it didn't make sense because you get it for a year and then all of a sudden they come with a new one and it does more things. And it's like, oh, that's God's will for my life. I gotta have more things, man, because I gotta learn how to, I, I gotta do video. 
I do a lot of video. I'm a cinematographer, whatever they call that. Cinematographer, is that what they call it? Cinnamon, whatever. More. I gotta have more. And that, that greed, and we all know what it looks like. And we know when it hits our hearts. It's all we think about. Success-centered. I mean, that's all, I mean, this is the way that's normal. And I'm not saying success is wrong. I'm just saying it's everything to us. And many of us, we are guiding our kids towards success rather than towards the Lord. As they go to college, as they figure out what they want to do, it's all about success-centered, right? This is normal. And then use and abuse. It's like, man, I'm going to use you, I'm going to abuse you. I don't, I don't care what it takes because I want to be happy. What I'm, I, my goal in life is to be happy, to get what I need, to get what I want, and I'm gonna take advantage of every opportunity or anybody that stands in my way. At all costs, I'm going to get what I want. And it turns us into a prideful, arrogant person that has no compassion for anyone. Now, again, I'm not saying that everybody is all of these but would you agree that this is the normal way, the natural way of, of life, self-centered, whatever makes me happy, at all cost, step on everybody, whatever it is, climbing that ladder, doing whatever. Okay, again, this is just the normal way of living. And I'm gonna tell you, these things right here, you'll never find, you'll never learn God's purpose for your life when we walk in these things. These are anti-Jesus. If you read the Gospels, and you read especially Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew uh, 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, hey, love your enemies, pray for those who despitefully use you. If somebody slaps you, turn the other cheek and let them slap you again. Many of us are like, uh-uh, no way. So you understand what I'm saying? So, so this is totally different than what Jesus says, but these things are normal. I mean, I deal with these things. I'm an only child. I know what selfishness is. Mine. I'm not like to share. I don't like to. I don't share my food. I don't share my gum. I don't share anything. You want gum? Get your own gum. Right? So anyway, so those things. These are normal things. Okay. Living like these, living like this. This is the normal customs and behaviors of this world as it relates to purpose, as it relates to getting what I want, living the way that I want, living like these things will never, ever get us to the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. They just won't do it. They may get you power. They may get you money. They may get you fame. They will never get you purpose. Never. We're created by God in his image. And we were wired and we he has a plan, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the context is to Israel and in captivity, but the principle is that God has a plan. He is not disorganized, and he has a plan for you. Go back to Jesus, John 10, 10. He says, the, my purpose is to give you a, in other words, I have a purpose for you. You're not insignificant to me. You're not just another person, another three billion, or how many, five billion, well, I don't even know what we have in the world, but you're not just another person to me. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. And when we live these things, we'll never find that. We'll never learn to know it.
Now, the second, here's the pathway. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. The second is allowing God to transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. Now, this is easier said than done. But let me just, as it relates to purpose again, let me throw those things on the screen again that we just talked about, but let me give you the other side, the new way of thinking. Okay, so here it is. Selflessness over selfishness. Now, this is not natural. It doesn't come natural to most of us. It is, this is more natural, selfishness. Selflessness is harder, but it's a new way of thinking. Generosity over greed. Guys, listen, if I told you, this is normal for any church, if I told you, hey, three weeks, uh, uh, well, I don't even know today, August, whatever date is, I'm gonna be talking about giving to the local church, I'm gonna be talking about tithing, I'm gonna be talking about offerings, I'm gonna be talking about, I'm gonna tell you a third of this church would not be here. You'd be out of town that weekend, purposely. Because you know why? Nobody likes to talk about money in church. Maybe, maybe for good reasons, Maybe there are and have been churches that have done weird and crazy things and, and, and you just don't like it and it's just a thing. Can I just tell you why God tells us to give? Do you think God needs your money? Really, I want you to think about this. Do you think God needs our money? No, he doesn't. He doesn't need anything. But he asks us to give because it helps us get better at this. When we hold tightly what is in our hands because of fear, greed, selfishness, whatever, we remain in the customs and behaviors of this world. But when we can say, God, it's all yours, man, whatever. Put on my heart what I'm supposed to give. Many of us struggle with generosity because we struggle this, and I know you don't like it. I know you're saying, John, don't judge me. I'm just telling you the truth. It's true for me. It's true for you. So selfishness over self, uh, selflessness over selfishness, generosity over greed, obedience over self-centered or success-centered. In other words, hey, when you're helping your high school student prepare for college, and it's good to do that, Get the tutoring they need for the SAT or the ACT. Get it. It's all, those are all good things. But what, how many of us step back and just say, hey, before we do all this, here's what we want to do. We want God's will for you. We want you to go to the school God wants you to go to. We want you to go into the degree that God wants you to go into. So let's stop and pray and ask God to guide us and lead us. Do you understand the difference between obedience and success? Because many of your kids, they want to do something else, but you're pushing them to do this. They want to do something else that'll make them happy, that, that fulfills them. God's gifted them for. We want them to be, we want them to have more than we did. Make sense? It's, and we love our kids, but I'm just saying, what if? This is, I'm just trying to make it, make it real to us to understand the difference between the customs of the world and a new way of thinking. Sacrifice over use and abuse. Servanthood over take advantage. Count the cost over at all costs. 
humility over pride and errors and compassion over compassionless. See, these things on this side are transforming ways of thinking. Allow God to transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. This is natural for us. These are not. So we need to be transformed. And we get that word transformation from the Greek metamorphu, which is metamorphosis, the chrysalis that has that little caterpillar inside, ugly little creature thing, and then it does what it does, and it comes out to be this beautiful butterfly. You know what that's called? Transformation. You know what, you know what when we enter into Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in and he begins the metamorphu in our lives transforming us into a new person by changing the way we live, changing the way we think. And no longer, put those back up, I'm sorry, put those back up. No longer are we dominated, sorry, whoa, whoa, there we go. Uh, Dominant, I got dizzy, whoa. Uh, Dominated by these things, we are being transformed into these things. Does this make sense? This is why transformation is so important on an ongoing basis. This is why last week we did a two-week series called Messy Spirituality, begging you, begging you to to walk in unity, to get into community, and to grow spiritually. Get into classes, get into uh, uh, Bible studies, uh, learn on your own, get into Scripture. Why do we do that? Why do I do that? Because transform. listen, Staying in a transformative state, in other words, staying in that little cocoon, chrysalis, staying in there is how we learn to know God's will. Because God's will for our lives changes. His purpose changes. I was a youth pastor for 13 years. I was living in God's will, but he said, in my opinion, he called me to start a church 22 years ago, almost 23 years ago. Started me to start a church. It was different. Do you know what I did before we started Hope in 2000? For a year and a half, I met my friend in our little youth building that we had in Nashville. I met with him for a year and a half, 7 a.m., Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, saying, God, I don't know what you want me to do, but I sense something is changing. Transforming, staying in that transformative place because that's how many of us, listen, guys, most of you know all this stuff. Most of you, a lot of you have been raised in church all your life. You know all this stuff. Why do you come? You know this stuff. Why do we, why do we gather together, except for the Lord told us to, don't forsake the assemblies of yourselves together, Hebrews 10, Why do we gather together? It's not because you don't know some of this stuff. It's not because you need another piece of knowledge that you never know. Most of us know the basics. Most of us know what we need to know to go to heaven, right? To to be uh, forgiven of our sin and, and to walk with Jesus. Most of us know that. But we gather together and we continue to gather together, singing our songs, hearing the word of God, getting into community, Bible studies, classes, doing whatever because we stay in this state of transformation. You wanna know, learn to know God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. How do you do that? By 
letting him transform the way you think into a new person by changing the way you think. That's how we do it. And we can't do that if we don't stay in transformation. If you just disconnect, okay, listen, disconnect from the church, disconnect from the word, disconnect from prayer, disconnect from most everything except a, a cultural, maybe even if it's a real faith, but you just disconnect. Can I just tell you, that transformation thing is just like a pause button. And, and you're never gonna be living in the center of God's will. I'm not saying he doesn't love you. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. I'm just saying you're not living in the center of God's will. You're not living in his purpose. You're not using what he's given you for his purposes, not yours, only. You're, you're not doing what he's called you to do and using the money that you have, using the talent that you have, using the gifts that you have for his kingdom, for his purpose, not just yours. And the reason, the only reason is because we're just unplugged from transformation. Okay, so there's one more. Leading up. Okay, so here's the, here's the bottom line. We wanna learn to know God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. How do you do that? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but allow God to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Okay, we just talked about all that. There's one more. Work your way back up. Romans chapter 12, verse one. Let's read it again. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Give your lives to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Number three. True worship. Learn to know God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect purpose for our lives. It is not a secret. It is not a hidden treasure. It is an open book. How do we do it? We don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, even though it's normal, natural for us, but we allow God to transform our minds and our hearts into new people. So, so that the, the things that come natural and normal to us that are, that are keeping us from God's will become more of a lifestyle for us. Then we offer up to God everything we are, everything we have, and we say, in light or in view of what you've done for me, I'm giving you my life, my gifts, my time, my talent, my treasure. I'm giving it all to you. And Paul calls it true worship. Worship is not just coming here. You know what I'm saying? We call this a worship service. Can I just tell you? It's a worship life. This is where we come and we worship. Of course, we sing, but there's more to worship than song. Worship is offering, surrendering, submitting our, our hearts, our lives, our goals, our talents, our gifts, our trust, everything. It's yours. That's true worship. For the next five weeks, we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about what does it look like to truly worship. 
I'm going to teach all five weeks. I'm not let anybody else teach on this because he'll screw it up. No, I'm kidding. They would not. I'm even teaching on Labor Day. I never, I haven't taught on Labor Day in 10 years because you guys don't show up. So I'll let somebody else teach. Teaching on Labor Day. I'm teaching, I'm, I'm so excited about this series. I hope it's as good as I think it's going to be. But I do know this. Palm Sunday of this year, I, I gave, I, I put a graphic on the screen and I've changed it just a bit, but I put a graphic on the, on the screen about worship. And when I did that, I knew in my heart, this is gonna be a series at some point. I'm not saying God told me to do it this week, but I'm just saying, I felt, I felt strongly that, okay, this is the season to do this. School starting, many of us are kind of, it's, a, it's kind of one of those like, okay, get back in the groove, get back in the, you know, the, the, the rhythm of school and kids and, and work and so forth. Anyway, I thought, what, what, could, what, what could we do that would just help us, help us find a way in all the craziness of this world, in all the busyness of our lives, find a way to figure it out and to truly worship him and to truly walk in the perfect will and purpose of God for our lives. I don't care if you've already messed it up. I don't care if you've messed it up multiple times and you're like, there's no hope for me, dude. I promise, stay with me. You have not gone too far. You have not done too much for God to use you. All it takes, listen, surrender. And when we can surrender, we begin that process, that journey of the path to learning to know his will. So for the next five weeks, we're gonna talk about true worship. Lord, you are good. We sang that song today. You were always good. And many of us singing that song, it was, it's hard for us to sing that because sometimes we don't always think you're good because of what has happened in our lives. And it's hard for us to really wrap our hearts and our minds truly around the thought that you are good and that you have plans. And even though we don't understand those plans, you can use our challenges. You can use our tragedies. You can use our mess ups for your purpose. So, May your kingdom come. As Jesus taught us to pray, Lord, we want your kingdom to come and your will to be done in our lives right now, right here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.